Hey everyone, C-Node here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Iron Man, probably naked under the suit and you have no idea. Today on the show, we're talking about emotional intelligence, something that has been a big challenge for me my entire life because emotions have not been very natural to me, um, or the, the correct emotions to use, I should say, have not come very natural to me. I feel emotions, obviously, but I don't necessarily always know how to assign them. I don't know how to navigate them with other people. Um, I'm the furthest thing from what someone would call an empath. Uh, I've had a situation when I was six years old and someone was, you know, my family mentioned that someone in our family was murdered and I didn't know how to respond. I just was like awkward and staring. Everybody was crying. I was like, I don't, am I supposed to be feeling that? I don't know. It made me feel sociopathic, (laughs) but over time I just realized I needed to learn, um, what, emotions were appropriate for what situations and I needed to connect some dots that way and kind of use my rational thinking to understand that. So it's, it's been a challenge and I know it's a challenge for some other people. And even those who are emotionally in tune or have the predisposition to be a little bit more emotionally intelligent are still having challenges with making sure that you're not, um, you know, making decisions for the sake of making someone else feel good, right? You still need to do things that make you feel good. And uh, that's certainly the point of connecting with people and making sure that you're putting yourself first in order to be an effectively emotionally intelligent person. And we also talk a little bit about um, how just as much as the intellectually intelligent people, the thinking types uh, have a challenge with emotions, the emotionally empathic type can sometimes have a challenge with assuming someone's emotional state um, based on very little information and essentially just not confirming uh, through conversations and things like that and taking an assumption and running with it, you know, and a a lot of friendships are ruined that way. A lot of families are, are ruined for months, years even because of an assumption and avoiding a conversation. So there's a lot to break down about emotional intelligence. I'm not claiming at all to be an expert. Actually, I'm I'm the furthest from it, but I'm kind of hoping to share a little bit of my story when it comes to that. And um, yeah, so we're just going to dive right in. So let's hit the button and do the thing. Thanks for being here. And uh, let's listen to another episode of Dopamine. Let's go. Drums, please. <laughs> all right everyone welcome to the show um hope my voice is okay because it's the first time i'm talking this morning um hope you guys are doing okay happy what is it thursday all these days kind of blend together i i spend most of the week like in my apartment (laughs) i don't really go out and do things i've just got like a ton of work that i do all week at home so uh, I kind of lose track of the days and I have no idea what's going on. Um, and uh, just a quick show update, hopefully tomorrow, which will be kind of last week for you guys, really. But hopefully by tomorrow, I have uh, word of the official confirmation of this um, this summit that's coming out uh, soon at the beginning of November. And I can talk a little bit more about where it is and like, I'll have a link for you guys so you can sign up for it and all that stuff. I'm currently editing and working on the keynote for it, which is going to be all about branding. So stay tuned for that and I'll give you more information. And uh, another show update is that I'm going to be doing more, um, I'm going to be doing interviews again because um, 
I think at some point I started to do too many at once and I was over committing myself. And ultimately, I want to be able to continue to do them, but also not have to wait uh, very, very long for them to post. Meaning, uh, so I did an interview yesterday with Linda Green that I'm really excited about posting up um, where we talked about uh, PTSD. And you should have listened to it by now because this is the day after that posts, right? So I recorded it yesterday. And uh, it was a really good conversation. And what I'm trying to do is be a little bit more thoughtful about the guests that I bring on to this show. So I want to make sure that people are um, having something to really offer to the mental health conversation and not just coming on here trying to hawk their services. Some people are going to happen to be coaches or therapists or things that, that you know, they'll have services. And, and I'm certainly respectful and I want people to be able to pimp their services. But um, I don't want that to be the entire conversation, right? I don't want it. I want it to be painted in personal experience. So that's the point. So we're going to start bringing that back in. We're going to kind of do that over the winter. Um, it's not necessarily going to just be Wednesdays. It might be whenever day that I schedule to do interviews uh, instead of regular episodes, I'm going to be posting those. So stay tuned for that. So, okay. Today I wanted to talk about emotional intelligence because it is an incredibly important topic. It's kind of, I think it's coming to the surface more and more the past few years, especially with the emergence of, you know, Gary Vee. I talk about him all the time. Uh, all the recent stuff with Kavanaugh, all the real, the, this uh, sexual abuse stuff. Um, generally, a lot of the discussions around uh, men and emotions and mental health. And, um, you know, it's not unique to men either. You know, there is an emotional quotient that needs to be brought into the, um, in, into a business conversation, which is, you know, we're talking to creatives here for the most part, but I, I want to talk about it in that sense of, of being able to fortify your emotional intelligence and have it equal intellectual intelligence. Because really, I want to talk about intellectual intelligence first. And really, the intelligence quotient is based off of, you know, predetermined aspects of what makes someone intelligent, right? Just because you, you, I always think of like Wheel of Fortune versus Jeopardy, right? There are two very different styles of, of, of trivia and puzzle solving and like intelligence, right? So uh, there is a bit of visual recognition that kind of comes with Wheel of, Wheel of Fortune as well as a little bit of strategy, but for the most part, it's a very different kind of game. And uh, Jeopardy is also a very different kind of thing. You know, just happening, happening to know things and happening to recite things isn't the full picture of intelligence. And I think people are starting to see that emotional intelligence is a very clear aspect of the picture as well. Because if you go deep into intellectual intelligence, it's going to be all about cold, hard facts and data and rationality. And that's something that I've leaned towards most of my life and have been struggling with the emotional aspect of it because, well, it doesn't come to me naturally. Um, I've always had a difficult time with expressing myself emotionally. And it could be me being an INTP. It could be some of my mental health stuff. It could be um, my upbringing. You know, I just did not have a lot of uh, teachings in terms of emotional intelligence. But there are certainly things that have um, helped me in, with some teaching as, as well, especially when it comes to business. But building genuine relationships and genuinely connecting with people and genuinely caring about people um, is not something that has always come naturally to me. Like even to this day, I can easily push people aside if, you know, if, if, if they cross me in any kind of way, right? Uh, I don't have a big wheelhouse of forgiveness. And, um, you know, expanding my emotional intelligence as a person has allowed me to listen a little bit more, to really get what's going on with someone, to 
kind of listen between the lines of when someone's being emotional and, and understanding generally that emotions are not a bad thing. Um, and that kind of troubles me with a lot of the the conversation around, you know, a lot of these social issues is that we get, um, you know, you see a lot of memes saying like, oh, look at this man being too emotional. And really it's a, it's not about him being too emotional. It's about a low emotional intelligence. Right. And that's not necessarily always the fault of man or woman. It's, um, it's, it's kind of the, the fault of, well, it is always our personal responsibility to develop and grow. It's never too late, no matter what your age is, but the way that we were raised, you know, a lot of us in America, at least we're kind of raised in a, an industrialized society, right? We're kind of like pushed through the school system and taught to be a worker. And there is sort of cliche, you know, perceptions of what a boy and a girl is, you know, men are with trucks and girls are with dolls. Girls are being raised to be the, the, the house cleaner and the, the, the caretaker and the man is being raised to be put into dangerous situations and, um, you know, do all of the jobs that, that, that women shouldn't be doing because, you know, they're more valuable than men. Um, or like that's the perception at least. So, I mean, that that's another conversation about kind of like perceptions of equality and all of that stuff, but that's like more of a social thing and I'm trying to stay away from that. Um, but we'll see, maybe I'll talk about that at some point. But the, the general idea here is um, that, you know, emotional intelligence is not something that is talked about openly. Right. And, and it's something that is not yet in the everyday conversation, you still kind of go up to someone on the street and you say, Hey, uh, how do you rank on the emotional intelligence scale? And they'd be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, I'm not saying there actually is a scale, but like, you know, the, just the term emotional intelligence is like something that might be foreign to someone. So it's a, it's still a very new concept. Um, and I recommend that you do check out some of Gary Vee's stuff where he talks about that all the time. I think he understands how to navigate people in a way that's effective for him. And, um, you know, he does it in a genuine, honest way, but he lets people know also the boundaries that he sets. Like it's not emotional intelligence is a, a method of navigating people and, and the ways of navigating emotional experiences and, and navigating, you know, the needs of others as well as the needs of yourself in an effective way. Right. I think a lot of people who simply just get angry at other people and have very baseline emotions are not working through some semblance of emotional intelligence. And I know for me, I'm still working on that. Right. Like my voice is very flat. <laughs> uh, if I try to express any kind of emotion, it's not something that just comes out naturally to me. There are people who are very naturally emotionally expressive and they are, you know, they, they kind of have the leg up in that sense. Um, and a lot of extroverts are like that as well. They're just very bombastic. They're very out there. They're very, um, very open and very visibly uh, emotional. Um, but again, emotional intelligence is just not about being emotional. It's not about being emotionally expressive. And I think for me, you know, doing this through this podcast has been kind of a therapeutic thing. I've expressed, expressed that a couple of times um, through this show and but it still hasn't really been enough for me to be emotionally intelligent. There's, there are still plenty of situations. There's eight ice cubes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm parched. Um, it's just that it was a little tiny ice cube. Um, you know, there, there are um, situations that I still don't fully understand when it comes to emotions. Um, 
I have some issues with apologies, which is why I've been working through the apology ladder. I've not been great about apologizing for things um, because I don't feel like a lot of the things that I do intentionally are worthy of apologies. Like it's a, it's kind of the difference between someone misinterpreting your intent versus like, you know, a, a apologizing for uh, what you already felt was a good thing. Right. So it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's a bit, you know, that, and that's what I mean, like with emotional intelligence, I think someone who's emotionally intelligent will understand that working through this conflict ladder and my working through the conflict ladder and creating this kind of concept was me trying to figure out how apologies work and how, how, how emotions work. And I think a lot of people would listen to this and be like, that's crazy, but there are plenty of people who don't understand how that works. Um, you know, and, and people are, I think people under inherently understand or feel that apologies are about power exchange. So not apologizing to someone means you're not giving up your power. Right. And being emotionally intelligent is knowing how to pass that power back and forth essentially. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about, about that a little more after the quick break. So, you know, emotionally intelligent things are, are the emotion, emotional intelligence in general is not, is not something I'm anywhere near an expert on, but it's something I'm actively thinking about and actively researching. Um, as I look through PTSD or CPTSD, complex PTSD, trying to figure out elements of my past, um, the troubles that I've had with emotions in my past, um, my perceptions of apologizing and why I don't apologize openly that easily, um, you know, and why just because someone's hurt, it's not easy for me to just say like, uh, sorry, <laughs> um, because I've gone to the other direction where I've apologized for every little thing all of the time, apologized simply just for being me. And I think that is kind of the difference is like, um, apologizing for yourself versus apologizing for your actions. Right. So that might be a little bit of a granular difference of, of, of understanding like the power of emotional exchange and the power of power exchange that it's, it's a healthy thing for you and the person, right? You're for, for being, I'm definitely going to come back and talk about this in the future because I don't have like, I don't have these insane sort of revelations for you. <laughs> Sorry to say, uh, I just wanted to do this episode because it's something I'm thinking about. Um, but there is this, the, the, the power exchange, the power dynamic is really the big thing that I've been thinking about. And really for emotionally, an emotionally intelligent person is going to enter a room and feel like they understand everyone's emotional state. They're going to be able to meet people at their level, you know, whether they're feeling better than them or worse than them. You know, they're, you're able to either not necessarily be empathic and match someone's emotions, but to listen to them and be patient and caring and put your stuff aside and be able to have an exchange of information or give them some of your power if you need it. And I know that's kind of abstract, but the idea is that when someone's feeling, feeling vulnerable, you know, they're feeling exposed. It's like their armor has been stripped of them and they need someone to kind of stand in front of them and protect them until they can kind of reclaim their power. Right. And it's not necessarily being a rescuer and doing things for them, but it's about giving them a chance to breathe and to work through the conflict and to just kind of be there for them. That's one of the things that I've been working on and um, I'm still having trouble with, with Molly is that her and I are um, 
working, you know, I'm a thinking type. She's more of a feeler and her emotional state uh, sometimes is uh, something that requires a lot of patience from me. And it's not emotions towards me. It's usually emotions based on, you know, stress in life and stuff like that. And uh, as a thinker, as a problem solver type, you know, I have this problem and I'm sure this is, this is commonly attributed to as a male problem, but it's more of a thinker problem, which is unique, is not unique to males, um, is, is trying to solve the problem and say like, hey, this is a very reductive, this is very like, this is easy, just do this <laughs> or something like that. And uh, emotions are not that easy, right? I mean, you can't just tell someone not to feel something, right? You can't just tell someone to not care anymore or to stop it. Like that's just not, emotions are, kind of like muscles. They're kind of just like breathing and you have to let them breathe. And if you try to pull them too fast, you're going to break it or you're going to tense it up and, and sprain it and it's going to hurt for days. Right. So you need to give it a little bit of time to breathe and, and give it some, uh, give it some, some specific slow attention. You know, it's more of a massage versus a, all right, just give a quick pat on it and get out there. (laughs) That's not, you know, it's like a cortisol injection versus like a, you know, massage, you know, thinking is, uh, thinker types is like, uh, are, are trying to give you that shot <laughs> and, uh, you know, to, to have long-term growth and change re- involves, um, you know, massaging the muscles and making sure that you're exercising them and taking care of them and it takes time, you know, so understanding her personal emotional state, um, is, has been important for my growth for important for my patients. Uh, it can be very difficult when I'm going through mania or starting to go through mania because everything is very like, I have no patience. Everything's restless. I I can't just listen. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, but you know, that's my problem to deal with. That's not her problem. Right. So, um, you know, there, there have been little things like that, that we've been still kind of continuously working through, but, um, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I'm doing what I can to ask questions when it's appropriate and to just kind of stay quiet when, uh, she's working through something because she needs to kind of work through what all of these issues are and get them out there. Uh, in the same way that I do with this podcast, right? Like I'm out here just kind of like exclaiming things and talking about what's going on in my life, what's going on with the emotional state of things. Like, what is my opinion on stuff? Um, what have I experienced that sort of stuff? And, um, you know, I give myself the room to do that I here because I wouldn't be able to do that with another person, right? It would just kind of come out whiny. And because my, again, my emotional intelligence state is not that that good. You know, I can talk about emotions all day. I can talk about the factualness of emotions, but like actually being able to navigate and adjust to people's emotions in the moment and understand what people want and what they need and what's going to make them fulfilled and happy and uh, motivated and driven is a challenge still. Um, And sometimes even being able to let people down and navigate those emotions are really hard. Also, I think a lot of people have trouble with that. You know, people have trouble with navigating emotions of, of people close to them as well. There are a lot of assumptions that come around emotions, which is why I've been weary of emotions for a very long time of, of making any kind of emotional decisions, because I see people making emotional decisions that they shouldn't be making all the time, making decisions based on um, what their parents want or what their spouse wants or what their friends want or, or anything like that, and not listening to themselves, not listening to their own emotional state or listening to the rationality in their brain uh, about a situation and making the, the proper choices to move forward and move on in the right ways, right? So the challenge there is self-awareness 
and making sure that you're not just apologizing for everyone and you're making sure that you're putting yourself first, right? Um, that That is probably one of the first steps to emotional growth is realizing and and, and realizing that, um, I'm going to go back to that statement in a second, um, realizing that emotional growth is about putting yourself first, right? And because if you put others first, they're going to acknowledge or feel that you you are second, right? Then they're not going to treat you as first. <laughs> so, or they're not going to see that you see yourself as first. So they're going to take advantage of that, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I've definitely had some emotional growth in my life and I'm continuing to work on it. And I think it, it shows that, you know, now that I'm getting a little bit more into the nuances of emotional connection, emotional states that I have been growing as a person. Um, and that I haven't just gone with the flow of things. I haven't just been giving into what people want. I still have that problem. Sometimes I'm not immune to that, but, um, you know, I, I certainly had issues in my younger years of apologizing for everything because I felt like I was broken, broken, you know, apologizing for my emotional state, apologizing for making a weird joke or anything that just kind of made me uncomfortable, especially to girlfriends, you know, my, my second girlfriend, um, and really first major love in my life was someone that I apologized to all the time. (laughs) And I was 18 years old. So like, I was just, uh, an insecure wreck. I was not fully understanding my mental health, uh, issues. And I very rarely, whenever emotions will boil up and I would not be able to express them, they would come out negatively towards her. And I was kind of a jerk, um, in those moments. And, but there were also times when we were just like not doing anything emotional at all. (laughs) And I would just be selling a joke or talking about, um, some funny thing I did and I'd be apologizing for it. Like, Oh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry, sorry for that. Sorry. I said that. I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. And just apologizing for every little thing. Right. So one of the things I have learned through emotional growth and trying to, to gain some emotional intelligence is to realize that apologizing for my insecurities or apologizing for myself doesn't help anyone else because uh, it, it's, it's really just a projection of that insecurity, right? It's not, it's not actually apologizing for something you've done to someone. It's apologizing for an assumption of something you've done to someone. And uh, uh, like that, that for me is the biggest trouble that I see people having with emotions is this assumptiveness of other people's emotional state. Because, you know, uh, if we had a greater emotional intelligence, we would understand people's perceptions, right? We would understand what they were projecting. We would understand um, each other's intent a little bit more. And we'd have greater resolve for our own intent if we were having a a greater sense of emotional intelligence. Right. So I, I think that is like the next frontier. I think a lot of people are emotionally intelligent, but I think in a major way, emotional intelligence is something that, that needs to be, I don't want to say systematized, but something that needs to be on a bigger scale in some kind of way. Right. Um, it needs to be taught in schools. It needs to be taught as, uh, uh, you know, we need to find out a way to work through this with children. You know, uh, there's an issue with everyone eventually getting out of school and then they go to therapy, right, for, for stuff uh, that's been going on the entire time. But they've been so focused on their intellectual intelligence that they haven't given any room for emotional intelligence. 
And that's why like there's likely an influx in coaching these days. And I think a lot of this show is me trying to figure out why there's so much coaching around. It's because we haven't gotten the emotional intelligence or the emotional teachings that um that that we long for. It's like a completely other half of our personality that's missing, right? And we just need a little bit more help with that. Because it's not something that is inherently taught in schools. You know, you kind of pick up on it through personal experiences, through relationships, through um, the people that you like or the people that you dislike, um, and then learning how to manage it. But not everyone learns how to manage it. You know, some people just keep fighting. Some people keep arguing. Some people keep blaming other people. Some people keep making assumptions about other people's emotional states and holding themselves back as a result of that, right? Like there's not always growth there. There's no guarantee of emotional growth uh, until sometimes until it's too late, right? So it's kind of a shame to wait to start to develop your own emotional intelligence. And that's what I've been doing. Um, And sometimes for me, that involves going back in time in a way and going through those past relationships and think about, um, and I have the the ability to do this. I don't know that everyone can kind of go back in time and like pick out little details, but I can totally go pick out little details of like conversations and perceptions of movements and misunderstandings and things like that. And, um, be able to pick out like, okay, now that I have this knowledge, I can go back into that moment and say like, oh, all right, this is what was happening. This is what she meant by this. This is what I meant by this. This is what I was trying to express. This is what, um, you know, in that moment where I said, like, I I remember a specific moment when I'm talking about being apologizing in the car, um, because it was not something that I was aware of. I was apologizing all the time. And she stopped and she was like, why are you always apologizing for everything? Stop. You don't have to do that anymore. And um, that was a moment uh, that was a big, that was kind of a tenpole moment in my life, even at 18 years old, where I was like, oh, okay. But that may, may also have started me on a path of like going in the completely opposite direction and not apologizing for anything ever, even if I did something negative to someone, right? So again, emotional intelligence is kind of about playing in the middle ground and being able to understand the right contexts and the right moments for, um, for different emotions and support and apologizing and, you know, being attentive to someone's emotional state. So, um, you know, for me, I, it might sound crazy for a lot of you who are keenly aware and emotional, uh, emotionally intelligent and have this sense of empath, but even those who are claiming to be empaths still need to emotionally grow. Right. Uh, I think if someone tells me they're an empath and I still call bullshit, <laughs> um, I think, what you're doing is making an assumption about someone's emotional state and assigning an emotion within you to that, right? You still need to confirm what someone's feeling. If someone has a sad expression, because people do that all to me all the time. I, I don't give a lot away. <laughs> my my default emotional state my or my default face is kind of like a little bit empty <laughs> and sad, um, but I'm not always that way. And even if I'm had, I'm happy and I think I'm smiling or whatever, I'm, I'm really not even showing much. So when people make assumptions about my emotional state, it's just an, inaccurate or they claim to be an empath about my emotional state. And they're like, yeah, I was right about that. And I'm like, no, you weren't. You need to talk to me. <laughs> you need to ask questions. So even if you're claiming to be an empath and claiming to be someone that understands someone's emotions, you still need to confirm it, you know? And, and that's, again, the kind of the bridge and the connection between emotional intelligence and 
intellectual intelligence, right? You can be someone who is emotionally intelligent, but forget to use logic to connect the dots and make sure that someone is actually feeling the emotion that you think that they're feeling, right? And not just automatically assign it and automatically go with it because then you're going to make assumptions about people and assumptions are not one of the four agreements <laughs> that I talk about all the time. You know, don't make assumptions. Uh, and, and that's about anything ever, no matter how certain you are, still ask someone like, Hey, you don't seem like you're okay. Is everything okay? You know, you can ask someone, um, is everything all right? Uh, you know, and, and if you're correct, awesome. Celebrate that, help them, you know, but just because you're correct sometimes, uh, doesn't mean you're going to be correct hundred percent of the time. And even if you are, if you have a, if you're batting a thousand on the emotional empath scale, it doesn't mean you should stop checking in with people, right? You shouldn't stop, um, making sure that this is like an actual accurate, uh, um, judgment as it were. So, uh, and when I say judgment, I mean decision, um, and, uh, uh, that it's not just an assumption. So, okay. So yeah, talking about emotions is exhausting. So I'm going to, I'm going to kill that <laughs> right now. I'm done. Uh, but I am going to do a little bit more research about emotional intelligence and kind of see if I can come across anything interesting to share with you guys about that growth, because I'm sure people who are listening are dealing with some of that. And I'm sure some of you who are listening have also been kind of like, no duh the entire time. But then at the end you're like, Oh, right. Yeah. I do kind of make assumptions about people's emotions. Right. So there are always little things to still kind of grow and consider. And just because you're naturally emotionally in tune to people doesn't necessarily mean that you are, uh, using that emotional intelligence effectively. And the same thing with, uh, being intellectually intelligent. If you're intellectually intelligent and you happen to know things and can recite things or problem solve or ration, be rational, you're missing an entirely other aspect of the human experience. And that is emotional connection and emotional intelligence is, is, is such a major factor in being able to evolve in business. I see so many artists at, um, different conventions and stuff who are just like on their phone. They're not connecting with people and people use the excuse of being an introvert or being quiet or not knowing what to say as an excuse to keep doing what they're doing, which is not making sales because they're just sitting there and not staring or, or not saying hi to people. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite the extreme introvert, but over time I've learned how to be able to be in a business setting and being able to at least turn it on in those moments and be a little bit more emotionally connective to people and understand how that's a valuable tool, not only just to, um, you know, to, to help with sales and actually connect with people and build long-term relationships, but in personal relationships as well. And making sure that you're not going so far to use emotions as a manipulation tool, but you're actually genuinely caring because people can tell when you're not. So there's a lot of nuance, but, um, I think there's a lot to cover here and I'm going to keep talking about, it, especially in the context of creatives. You know, we, again, in those situations where you're trying to sell something, you've, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more than just a introverted artist. You gotta be someone that can speak to someone and say hi and navigate uh, a conversation effectively. Right. So I know there's anxieties to deal with. There's all sorts of other things that we're all dealing with, but I'm dealing I'm, I'm still doing okay in terms of business. I've been out on my own for about a year. I've been, I've got mental health issues. Um, I've, I've got a little bit of agoraphobic agoraphobia going on some complex PTSD. I might also have ADHD or that might actually solve some of the other things. And, um, 
you know, I'm a heavy introvert and, and I'm a bit emotionally adept. So I got a lot of things stacked against me and I'm still going. So, you know, one or two excuses is not an, not a viable excuse to not keep trying. Right. So that's why you're listening to the show is I want to let you know that while we're here with you in solidarity and we understand that there are things that are challenges that those challenges are not excuses to give up, right? Whether it's emotional intelligence, mental health issues, introversion, uh, or other myriad of, myriad of things, you know, uh, difficulties with children or relationships or whatever, it's not an excuse to give up on your life and throw up your hands. Like there are things you have control of more than you think you do. You can learn new things. You can make decisions. You can change your life in, in any way that you see fit. And, um, that's the beauty that a lot of us have, um, in in living in a free country and all of that stuff. So, uh, I understand that there are some actual real challenges that keep people from moving forward. I'm not that I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who are kind of self-imposing more than they need to. And I've, I've been there and I'm in that still. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having challenges. I'm, like I said, I, I am in the house five to six days of the week. And it's a little bit rough. Like I don't even go to the gym and I don't want to, (laughs) um, I don't leave, uh, you know, and there's things to address there. So, and I'll probably do an episode on agoraphobia in the future. (laughs) So if I have, if I haven't done one already, I don't know. I'm when you're like 220 some episodes in, you just, I don't know. You start to talk about things over and over again. So I don't know. Um, but anyway, with that said, I appreciate you guys for listening to the show and being here. Uh, you have, you know, given me this real strength to continue to do this show and talk about these issues. And I want to bring people on to help you a little bit more with some of your issues. But I also need to know, you know, what it is that you want to talk about and, and some of the specifics of what you're going through. So if you would like to share your story, um, leave me a voice message here on anchor and also let me know in the message if I can post it publicly. Um, I'm happy to keep it private. Um, and if you want to hit me up on let's go see notes on all my social channels, you can also do that or hit up dopamine podcast on Instagram and dopamine show on Twitter. And then, um, dopamine.life is where you can subscribe to the show or leave a monetary donation. Monetary donations help the show, help me grow and help us to eliminate sponsors because right now sponsors are helping me pay the bills. So, um, sorry for that, but you know, business is business. (laughs) Um, and, uh, that's it. So go check out cnote.media if you want to learn more about me and my courses and uh, please leave a review and all that stuff. So thank you again for listening to this show. I hope you will take the time to develop and grow as a person and, um, you know, practice some emotional intelligence when you're out in the world. And if you have any feedback or any kind of tips or tricks about emotional intelligence, I'll take that as well. I would love to bring that into a future episode. So um, with all that said, take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.